This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this beautiful Wednesday, December 18th. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to uh, Morning Breath. What we are is a drive-time devotion that's sure to jumpstart your day. Take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in the Word on our own. I and a co-host, and then we come to the studio here at the Merritt Island campus. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Good morning, Pastor Dan. I'm good. How are you, sir? Great, sir. Good to have you with me. I'm glad to be here. You're the, I was, you're the Wednesday rock. I am. I'm the I'm the Wednesday uh, consistent stone. I was noticing that uh, with all the the slightly cooler weather we've been having, it's only snowed on Nick's head. Yeah, it's wild, man. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It is pretty frosty white up there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened. I know why he gets the coolest of the cool weather, and the coolest of the cool hair. He's just walking around under that cool top. Yeah, and then he's got those fancy-looking blue headphones there on, too. I, I knew I couldn't get away with <laughs> yeah, that being mentioned. Yeah, we got to talk about those headphones. First first it was the headphones, and then it was my hair, and now we're back full circle. Yeah, we've come headphones. full circle, you man. keep drawing attention to your head with bright colors. <laughs> yeah, we can't help it if it's like neon glow over there. Yeah. It's hard to look at our Bibles with that yeah, over there. It's in so our... bright. You can turn the lights off, and we'd be yeah. like... No, we don't need lights in here right now. Are the lights actually on, or is that Nick's hair? <laughs> That's good. Anyway, good to have you guys. Pastor Mark's going to tell you how to get involved in Morning Breath, maybe stay up on reading the chapter every day. Yeah, we want you to follow along with us. It is a drive-time devotion. That means you open up your Bible, you read it, and then we yeah. sit and we talk about it together. So we have a, a kind of a plan that we follow, and you can access that if you jump to our app, our East Coast app, download that. There's a podcast button, and under there you'll find the Morning Breath link and a link to the Morning Breath guide tells you what chapter we're going to be in, and you can go back and catch up on uh, past uh, shows as well. You can do that on our website, eccc.us. There's a, a media tab with a morning breath link, and you can also make a good old-fashioned phone call, 321-452-1060. We can email or mail you a morning breath guide. While you're on our website or on our app, you can link over to uh, our media page and see all of our sermons on YouTube and just find out all about all kinds of great things happening at East Coast Christian Center. Yep, love to have you around. Now, we are doing a big uh, Christmas Eve services. Of course, we have uh, services on that Sunday before Christmas. I believe that's what, the 22nd? And so we have uh, 11 services around the county that you can get involved in, whether Vieira or Coco or here on Merritt Island. And uh, then we have 14 over the next two days. We have uh, two services on Christmas Eve Eve, and uh, that is to make available for people that are traveling and, you know, doing stuff on Christmas Eve. So we have two services that evening and then uh, three here, three there, two here, two all there. All across our campuses. All across our campuses. So if you get online, look it up. We have tickets. The reason we have tickets is we don't want more people to come to a service than fit. And so we just use that as a way to reserve a seat for you. And so they're free. There are no cost to them. They are just there to help us manage. And so if you'd like to go to a service, and we'd love to have you, by the way, uh, just Get on the website, get your tickets. You can sign up for them right there and get everything going. Yeah, absolutely recommend that you do that. Yep. I want you to get a seat. Yeah. Join us for Christmas. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will. The, great, the church, the, the campuses look great. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, they're, they look they look incredible. The, the crew that uh, puts all that together and makes them look good has done wow. an amazing job this the, year. The best ever. Yeah. Yep, the best ever. It looks, uh, looks incredible. We're so proud of those guys. Anyway, well, let's get into the Word. Yeah, James chapter 3. 
Yeah, we got. Uh, it's not a big chapter, but it's a, it's it's a strong chapter as as everything James writes is strong. <laughs> so uh, we've got eighteen verses. I'll read the first nine, and uh, there is a period there, so I can you know not too long of a run on sentence. James is better than Paul yeah. in that area. <laughs> so uh, I'll read nine. You read nine. We'll uh, talk about wherever God leads us. Let's do it. Uh, King James, New King James, I should say. Absolutely. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires." Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and, I'm sorry, salt, water, and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. Amen. uh, That verse 18, uh, I was a a very young pastor in Denver many, many years ago. And um, the secretary for the pastor was, uh, you know, worked at the church, of course, and then sort of the receptionist worked at the church. And so they had two different roles. And, you know, the receptionist was dealing more with people who walked up or drove up to the church. And the secretary for the pastor was more dealing with, you know, helping them with whatever the stuff they needed. And they got in a big brouhaha, like not getting along and fussing. And there's nothing worse. It's not a huge office back then. And so you got the two main, you know, female characters in the office and they're, they're, they're having a battle royal. It's not always loud, but it's it's like deep yeah. running through the room. And uh, I brought them into my office and sat them both down and shared with them some things from this chapter and encouraged them. And uh, they responded great. And it was awesome. Well, Leslie was an art- artist and she, with colored pencil, drew a grape vine with grapes on it. I mean, it's an incredible picture. It really is a a bit of a masterpiece, and put this verse on there. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Mm. And uh, gave it to me as a gift after getting that straightened out in the office. And I always remember when I get to that verse, oh, yeah, that was a cool cool time when somebody got 
help. And then they responded by, by writing the scripture on a, you know, cool calligraphy thing and, and, and artwork and giving it to me. So it's a cool verse. And the whole chapter is very, very powerful. I kind of keyed on that verse too, Pastor Dan. It's interesting. That's where you started. Um, I was really thinking about that. It really links back to uh, James chapter one, I think it was verse 20, where he says that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. <laughs> and I've actually thought about that many times over my life. Sometimes I can, uh, I can get a little wound up and get triggered uh, by things. And, and, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm impatient. I'm yelling maybe at my kids or, or losing my patience with yeah. them. And it has nothing to do with them. You know, I'm stressed out about something else. Exactly. And then you blow up at them. Um, and even if maybe even they have legitimately done something to really, you know, tweak you, <laughs> it still it still doesn't, the wrath, and I've had to actually sit and apologize to my kids before and say, you know what, the Bible says that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so when I lose my patience like that, that is, that's not God. And I want you it's to good. understand that. And But really thinking about this verse, it says the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When you deliberately set about to make peace, that's when the fruit of righteousness comes. There's no argument that you're going to get into. There's no squabble that you're going to get into. Even if you're, quote-unquote, right, and you decide that you're going to enforce that right position uh, with an argument or with conflict, it's not going to produce righteousness. Righteousness can't bear fruit in that because it's not a peacekeeping or a peacemaking situation. And it says clearly here, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. That means you can expound on that and say the fruit of righteousness is not sown in conflict. That's right. And I just think that's a, a powerful thing to keep in mind because a lot of times when we get into, we're seeking justice, we're seeking righteousness, and we get wound up and, and kind of fired up when we don't get it, and then we try to enforce it, and it doesn't work because that's not how fruit is produced in this in, in the kingdom this way. Absolutely. And verse 17 makes it very clear what that kind of, you know, what kind of fruitful things should be coming out of our life, and that uh, the, which is wisdom that's from above, is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, which goes right back to the first verse that he wrote here, uh, brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing we shall receive a stricter, stricter judgment. Mm. You can't teach it and not live it yeah. and not be a hypocrite, which is a bad thing. When you talk about what you talk about there, Mark, and go back to the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God, I actually go back to verse 16, and that's the one that rings in my ears when I'm dealing with the same kind of situations in my life. I don't have the children situation anymore, but I have a home and a wife and, you know, still have family and sons and daughters and grandkids now. But it says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is there. Now, what some versions, the older King James says strife. And whenever I feel strife rising in my heart or see it around me in my life and those I love, this really stands out to me that, wait a minute, a warning, you are letting something in your home that is a door that lets every evil thing in. Mm. Because it says, for where there's envy and self-seeking exists or strife, confusion and every evil thing are, are there. And I certainly don't want to live in confusion. And they're kind of contrasting this part with the part of the wisdom of God and walking in uh, righteousness and, and peace. And so you have this conflict. And when you start moving away, man, this verse stands out so strong to me because it says every evil thing. And I don't know about you, every evil thing sounds like a lot. Yeah. And I don't want the door open in my life or my family's life 
or God forbid any evil thing, much less every evil thing. Yeah. And I, so yeah. it's a it's an eye opener. It is, and and I think that it's a great opportunity for us as we. We all get emotional about things, you know. <laughs> emotions pop up. And... I do not. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and and then I think if we were willing to, you know, the Word of God is here to help us to be yes. able to say, okay, yes. in in the heat of being emotional, to really take the time to stop a minute and take a verse like verse sixteen and say, okay, I feel confused right now, and mm-hmm. it's causing me to be angry or frustrated or you know tense. I need to stop and really analyze what's going on in me and not, you know, maybe I'm, well, Pastor Dan said this to me and it's his fault. Well, why is that affecting me the way it's affecting me if I'll be willing to look at myself and go, well, you know what, there's some self-seeking involved in this. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted this and I'm not going to get it, and so I'm blaming somebody else. But the confusion and the strife and the evil that are showing up are the result of that self-seeking. It takes the willingness to let the Holy Spirit reveal those things to you. And here's the thing about that. He will never do it in condemnation. The Holy Spirit will reveal the things to you that that need to be touched and that need to be fixed and that can be adjusted, but He won't do it in a way that is designed to make you feel bad. He's not going to scold you and say, you self-seeking little, you know, Mm. jerk. He's never going to do it that way. He's going to say, well, look at this verse. Um, do you think maybe there's some self-seeking here? Why don't we look at what Jesus has for you in this? Wow. And that's how the Holy Spirit will will lead and guide you. So a lot of times when you see these kind of verses, they're not here to bring condemnation to right. you. They're here to show you how you can let the Holy Spirit begin to lead and guide you in these kind of situations so we don't have to be led. You know, one of the things that we've talked about on this show before, I forget what chapter we were in, but just the the peaks and valleys that come through being emotional about life. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we're always up and down on this roller coaster of emotions of life, we can let the Holy Spirit bring some consistency to our lives so that we're not having to live like a pinball, you know, being bounced all over the place. We can let these verses really give us some stability, which is what God wants us to have. It's a firm foundation. Absolutely. And really, when you look at that firm foundation, what God wants, wants us to have, he uses all sorts of examples in this chapter that are that could go either way. They can, I mean, fire, of course, when it's in a forest and out of control is a terrible thing. But when fire is in the, a jet engine or fire is in a fireplace or fire is in your oven or fire is all the ways that fire are used across the, the world today, it's a powerful, strong, wonderful force. It's the same with animals. A wild, dangerous animal is that, wild and dangerous. But a tamed animal, animal means strength and power. I believe I just saw recently, uh, I think they celebrated some one of the billions of holidays they have now, no matter what day it is of the year, but 8 million, no, like 60 million, the number of horses that were killed in World War One. Oh, wow. Do you, do you know that number? I have number? no idea, it's like, I can it's imagine. It's a crazy, crazy number. And of course, they were all used for bringing food and ammunition and weapons and all the lines that, you know, we look and go, oh, it would be trucks or airplanes. Back then, most of it was done by horse and mule, and uh, millions and millions of them died. But they were the reason, you know, in many ways we won the war because they were able to bring that. That's the power of a harnessed animal. My dad used to dig basements with a team of horses. Um, They didn't have bulldozers then, and they had a bucket you put on the back of a horse and pulled and tipped and, you know, emptied it out and all of that stuff. There's power. Both of these things have power or they have danger. 
And it's a matter of harnessing that uh, for God's glory. And only, and it says, but no man can tame the tongue. Mm. So if nobody can, who can? Well, you know, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray in the morning. I don't know about you guys, but I, I know he had to be tempted to say, I mean, Scripture says he's tempted in all ways like us. He had to be tempted to to just shoot some some <laughs> fire out because he was he would have been better at it than anybody of of his enemies or people that are abusing him or lying about him or misrepresenting him or you know trying him illegally all of that stuff. Um, he went and prayed in the morning and uh, very often in his life and I think that's a big part of getting your you know your tongue under control. Yeah. You know, I cursed and all those things until I met Christ. And I actually, you know, began to understand the English language better by reading a new King or by reading an old King James Bible. And, and, uh, it, it changed my life and not just in a educational or, you know, clinical sense, but it can change your life in a, in an actual real sense where your words now aren't hurting. They're, they're producing life. And, you know, another example is a tree here. And in this country, the water in the tree part, uh, this is desert. When you hit water, it would be incredible. Mm-hmm. When you hit a tree where there was shade and protection from the elements, that would be, a, for a weary traveler, that would be a blessing. So we're called to be, you know, a refuge. Our words can can help give people refuge and solace and, and comfort and and we can be like cool water on a in a desert to somebody. So it's it's not just negative. James is uh, is real strong here, and he and he's strong in the part two that ships their rudder. It, that's again a very powerful thing. It's controlling which way a ship goes, and uh, what's the other one? The horse, the bit in the horse's mouth. It's controlling which way the horse goes. So there's a lot of positive in a in a chapter that's pretty tough, but. There's a lot of positive in here about our tongue if we'll give over the power of it to God. Yeah, that, and that's what's so important. You know, it says in verse 9, this is, With our tongues we bless God and bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. You know, that verse has really been uh, kind of stuck in my brain uh, over the years, and, and I'm trying to trying to grow, you know, based on that. I feel like I may be growing a little bit. Um, but it, it reminds us, you know, the, the you know, Paul said that our, our uh, battle is not against flesh and blood, and right. a lot of times we forget that. Well, we we and we get because we can see people and we can hear people's voices and and, and they're they're the ones within reach of us and we can let them hear our voices. But uh, you know what? A lot of times it's not that I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem cursing men to their face. You know, I don't walk around telling everybody that you're a jerk. But when I'm driving, I'll be like, "What is this jerk doing?" Yeah, I yeah. do. And and it's got. I, I used to. I did that for so long that now when that when that pops up in me, this verse, the Holy Spirit's right behind it with this verse. Mm. You know, and like I said, he's not condemning me, but he's right behind me with it going, that 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 person that you don't know is made in the image of God. It's a son or a daughter. Mm. Um, and so th- those that kind of that's the Bible will correct you that way. And that's what the word of God is great for correction and rebuke. And that's what the Bible says God uses to correct and rebuke yes. his children. It doesn't he doesn't use condemnation, he Come uses on. his word. And so, man, the value of of heck being on the air with us right now. Uh, and listen in the morning breath. Can I say heck on the air on a Bible show? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm... Is, is that you're learning that this is how the Word is designed to help you. This this Word is this chapter. You know, I'll be honest with you, Pastor Dan, James is not my favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> you know, I love Hebrews. I love Romans. Yeah. James gets a little tough. But it's the stuff in James that is the correction 
that is helping me to begin to think in a more godlike manner. And guess what? When we begin to think that way, that's right. What Max. comes out of our mouth is what follows it. Yep. Because everything that we say, we thought we thought first. Yes. You know, I heard somebody say that one time. You know, they said something really harsh, and they went, "Man, that's just not who I am. That's not in me." And uh, if it wasn't in you, it wouldn't have come out of you. Sure. And so there's this process where the washing of the water of the word, not only does this come up when we, you know, maybe fall short, or maybe we are, you know, cursing the guy in the car that's acting like a complete, you know, idiot. And we're doing that. But it also, as we get this in us and keep this in it, in us, it has a, has a, uh, the power to wash us and cleanse us from that stuff in our life so that there are days when we don't go, oh, that idiot. It's like, help him, Lord. Yeah. Man, that guy is, you know, you know what I've noticed? And this is kind of funny. When I'm on the phone with somebody, it does seem like something crazy happens every once in a while. So I have to swerve or stop real fast or maybe blow the horn to stop somebody from pulling out in front of me. But when I'm on the phone with somebody else, I very rarely go off on that person. I'm like, whoa, that was crazy. And if we'll just stay on the phone, so to speak, with God, mm. just sort of stay in that that kind of constant communion with him. You know, you can just be—the uh, Bible does say pray without ceasing, but I don't think that means— you know, constantly moving your mouth, and that's all we ever do when we live in a, you know, we're monks and all that. But we can kind of live in an attitude of communion, conversation with God, and it's powerful. And that's when I do best. Yeah. When, you know, I'm on the phone with my son or my wife or my friends or whoever it is. I don't go all nuts and act like an idiot in front of them because I have self-control. Well, I can have that same self-control. When I'm in a conversation with God in my heart. And uh, so I just encourage that helps me, you know, not to be a not to, you know, let that stuff come out of your mouth that shouldn't. Yeah. And David did pray. God set a set a watch before my lips, a guard before my mouth uh, because he needed it. Yeah. And he was he was a guy after God's own heart. I will add one other thing is James in verse two. Uh, read verse two for me, Pastor Mark. For we all stumble. For what? We all. We all. So James isn't mm. saying, pointing the finger and saying, I don't do this. He's saying, look, this is our struggle. Let's move forward. And so I, I appreciated that this morning when I saw that, because I've always felt like James is pointing his finger at me. Yeah. But the truth <laughs> is, James is saying, hey, I'm in this with you. Yeah. And Jesus, of course, is in it with us. If any, yeah, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man able to bridle also the whole body. Mm. You know, it's interesting. You know, he's not saying you'll be perfect if you can get this right because the, our perfection and our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. But he's saying if we can get the words right, it says that then we're also able to bridle our whole body. You know, and I'm just thinking about that just now as we're sitting here looking at it. I hadn't even thought about it before, but, you know, what do I struggle with? Uh, what maybe habits do I struggle with in Come my on. body? Come on. Uh, what what am I, quote, addicted to? It could be a real addiction. It could be, you know, alcohol, drugs. It could be cigarettes. It could be an addictive behavior. It could be, you know, too much of, of even a good thing, uh, food. Yes. You know, there's so many things that we could be addicted to, and it really just— I mean, I'll, I'll let you talk about this maybe, Pastor Dan, because the, the thought is still forming in my head. But, man, this says that if I can get my tongue right, my words right, then that gives me some power in my whole body. 
Well, I think it does because the very next thing he talks about is a bit in a horse's mouth and a, and a rudder of a ship. Mm. And that rudder takes the whole ship where it wow. needs to go. That bit takes the whole horse where it needs to go. So I do think that's the point he's trying to even reinforce after he says it the first time. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. The Bible talks about healing being in the power of the tongue, that there's health, that words, you know, uh, wholesome words bring health and life, mm. strength to the bones. There's, you know, a, a good word is like a, a message from a from a faraway land. Uh, you know, it's like apples of gold and pictures of silver. We could go on and on. I mean, Scripture's full yeah. of metaphors and pictures of what words do. And when you think about this, the only reason I know about Christ is because of words. Wow. And that's a pretty powerful he thing. Is the word. We're going to take a break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. People often say kids are like sponges. Their powerful young minds will soak up anything and everything. This is true, especially during their toddler years, which is why it is important that they be in a fun, friendly, God-centered learning environment like East Coast Christian Academy. We offer activities in the areas of social, emotional, physical, and spiritual to guide those minds toward all that they were created to be. Contact Cindy Smith for more information at 453-KIDS. That's 453-5437. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. TNT, the new thing, church for the fired up teenager. Come out for a night of worship, growth, and good times. Every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at East Coast Christian Center. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 149. For frequent updates and events, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 915 and 1045. With a high-energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. I believe Mark finished that little section up with he is the word and he is. And when you look at the contrast, maybe on on both sides of how much life there is in in our words and how much death there can be, the the, the book Hitler wrote uh, was called Mein Kampf, I believe. And they calculate for every word written in his book, 125 lives were lost in World War II. That's an incredible, like, record of death over words, Mm. what someone said, but the record of life over the word of God Mm. is so much higher there. The word came to your heart, my heart, 
How are you born again? Not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're born again by the word. The word comes into our heart. We believe it. We confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, and that he's Lord, and our lives are changed. And there are millions upon millions, probably over a billion people, who have given their life and heart to Christ and are living for him Absolutely. because of the word. And the word of God is living Do and it. powerful. It's active and alive. It's active and alive in you this morning as you're driving to work, this afternoon as you're driving home, whenever you're listening. Man, the word of God is active and alive and it's speaking life and it's giving you power. So uh, embrace it and receive Jesus and let him, let him lead and guide you in this Christmas season. We love you. God bless. Bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.